Hallelujah. Can we shout to the Lord? Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. You may be seated for a few minutes tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Brother Lee, I've got something I want you to share with everybody tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. If you get my sermon notes in there in one of yours, hallelujah, I'll just let you preach that page. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is the text for a biblical track is what the old terminology is. Amen. A religious pamphlet, a witness tool, uh, a teaser, a spiritual appetizer. Amen. We've got to come up with a good term for it. Amen. Somebody used to call them spiritual vitamins. Have you hand out your vitamin today? Hallelujah. It's going to be entitled Living Waters. On the front cover, it will say, Do you have an unfulfilled thirst? They'll open it up and it'll say, How to feel your thirst. Is there more to life than you have experienced? Are you missing out on the greatest thrills of life? What if you knew that there was peace and joy and righteousness in a given experience? Have you ever wished you could carry with you a comforting spirit all the days that you live? Have you ever longed for companionship unseen but ever powerful and present? Do you realize that there is a constant source of living water that you can enjoy every day? that will flow from the depths of your very innermost being. If you do not know about such a refreshing experience, please read and respond to the biblical truth that follows. Living Waters Jesus said to the Samaritan woman that if she knew the gift of God and who he was, she could ask and receive living water. Jesus told her of a gift that would be in her a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. John 4 and 14. Later, Jesus gave the same promise to all those who would believe in him, stating that anyone can experience in his heart rivers of living waters. John 7 and 38. 
The gift of everlasting life is identified as the Holy Ghost in Acts 7 and 39. In other words, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we then possess the living water. Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost, Acts 1, 4 through 8. So, when, so they went to Jerusalem and prayed together for several days, and then it happened, a sound from heaven. There was 120 disciples that were praying on the day of Pentecost when a sound of rushing wind from heaven filled the house. And unknown tongues as of fire came upon every one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2 and 4. These disciples were so overwhelmed that in spiritual victory they spoke the wonderful works of God in languages they did not know but that others could understand. This attracted thousands of people to witness the birthday of the church. The wonder of speaking with tongues and the excited actions of the disciples caused the people to ask, What shall we do? The Apostle Peter answered their question. God was pouring out the Holy Ghost, Acts 2 and 17. He told them to repent of their sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And they also would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise and gift is for us today. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call, Acts 2, 38 and 39. There was 3,000 people who believed on Jesus Christ, were baptized in Jesus' name, and received the living water, the Holy Ghost, by speaking in other tongues on that day. From Jerusalem to everywhere. Did it stop in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost? No. Soon, those in Samaria received the Holy Ghost, and later the Gentiles in Caesarea were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul found the living water in Damascus, and the Holy Ghost came upon a group of men in Ephesus when Paul prayed for them. Wherever Jesus Christ was preached, people believed, repented of their sins, and were filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost set in motion the plan of salvation for the entire world throughout the church age. What about today? Since the day of Pentecost, millions of people from many nations in our world have received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the same sign of speaking with tongues. They now possess living water that will spring up into everlasting life, the guarantee of their inheritance, Ephesians 1 and 14. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in them, and Jesus will also raise our mortal bodies from the dead, and we will eternally we will live eternally with Jesus, Romans 8 and 11. What about you? Have you received the living water into your life? If not, you can experience it. At Peace Tabernacle of Seminole, we, you will find a group of believers who have the living water and will encourage you as you seek after God. Are you ready to have your thirst filled? Then you too will seek for the living water that is promised to you. We have a message. We want the right tools, as we talked about this morning, to be able to take this message to a world. And we're living in a world that wants to experience a new thrill. They want to find out something that will bring excitement. And the most exciting thing I know in the world is the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want us to stand together. I want you to hold 
Amen. This piece of paper in your hands. And I want to pray tonight that God would give us wisdom and direction how that we could use this tool to reach our city. We're going to format this in a in an attractive handout format with some nice graphics on it and a smaller, more comfortable size for people to handle and to read. But this is the wording that I feel that God wants us to use this summer to reach out to our city, to reach out to our world that is around us. Let's pray for our wisdom, guidance, and anointing. God, you see this tool, Lord, that you've laid on our heart, O oh God. There are those in our world that need you today. God, they are hungry and thirsty after something that is real. Some way and somehow, God. Prepare us, God, to be able to use this tool, God. Prepare us, Lord, to be able to take these words into our world, O oh God. This is a message, Lord, that will bring deliverance. This is a message that will bring hope. This is a message that will bring salvation. Oh, God, lead us and guide us and anoint us, O oh God. Oh, Lord, we want to see the lost saved. We want to see those, God, in darkness brought into the light. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I encourage you to take this with you. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your purse. Wherever you will have it with you this week. Amen. Because we don't. this is what, the only format we have at the moment. So take it with you. If you find someone, God lays it on your heart. Say, hey, we're getting ready to take this message and, and distribute it to our city. And uh, I would like for you to read it and see what you think about this. Amen. See, see. Amen. If there's a hungry heart in your world, it'll give you an opportunity. You may be seated tonight to take a message to those that are thirsty. Get some input. Hallelujah. Amen. There may be a misspelled word in here. There may be some grammar that we need to change. We're going to pray, ask God for wisdom and guidance, make it as presentable as possible. But uh, we want it biblically correct and spiritually effective. Hallelujah. Amen. We're getting ready to have a testimony service around this place. We still believe tonight that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You heard something this week. You experienced something this week. You were a part of something this week. Or if you're like Job, you know something that the rest of the world needs to know to get them through what they're going through. Amen. Sister Sarah is going to come tonight. Amen. Lead our testimony service. Give each and every one of you an opportunity. Amen. To magnify Jesus. Praise the Lord. And first, I just want to tell Pastor and Sister Akers what an honor it is to be up here. Um, God laid that on my heart. You know, this is holy ground. <laughs> but two years ago when I walked in the doors, I didn't think that I'd be filled with the Holy Ghost or even that. I would have family like I do now. And to be up here, it is an honor to be able to lead testimony and to pray and seek God's face and what he wants me to talk about. And I had something else in mind, but then the name of Jesus is always, you know, there really is power in that. And we have to believe. First, we have to believe that God is and that he will fill us with the Holy Ghost, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that is, I mean, to have that belief, you know, sometimes we have so much doubt, and we have so much, you know, so much other things that are like, I don't know, I don't know, but you have to believe, and you have to have that faith that, I mean, he is, he is God, and he is 
working all things together for our good. So I just want to open it up to whoever, whatever, whoever wants to testify, but, you know, belief and the name of Jesus are so important, and they're such a big part of my life. <laughs> Johnny? shall the enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. I, love I love that, that scripture, scripture because too. it's so awesome. How do you know whether or not God has put you in that position, in that place for such a time as this? God has put you in this church at this point in time, in this city, at this point for such a time that you can be a witness, that you can be a strong prayer warrior, that you can be a part of revival. God has blessed you. We are seeing revival in this city. I'm so excited about what God is doing because I'm seeing things fall into place, and I know Amen. and I see the vision of God and what he wants for this church. God bless you and stay in there. Amen. Praise the Lord, that was beautiful, Brother Wee.
Sister Jerry. <laughs> you can take me out to lunch. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
uh, I was just thinking, I was looking for the scripture in here, but I can't find it. I don't have an iPad like Johnny does. But that scripture where you never, uh, entertaining angels unaware. You never know who's watching you or who's seeing you. You know, just by going to Walmart in a skirt, people are watching and they see and they know. And they're like, with me, I mean, with only me, I know that they saw me this used up drug addict you know little girl and then they see this person and I'm not changing I'm not falling I'm not you know we have our we have our moments and we have our times but to just stand on God's word and to stand in holiness and to stand and to believe and have that belief you never know who's watching you they, they there could be angels watching you and and you never know what is it? Hebrews 13 and 2 you want That's what I was talking about. You never, you just never know. So, yeah. Sissy? That was quick. Speed racer. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, that's the truth. Amen. There's, there's a difference in being to love somebody to being in love. love. Mm-hmm. You know what? You can't help talking to them. You can't help thinking about them. You're on your mind constantly. You can't wait to be with them. You Amen. can't wait to be in the presence. You know, um, I have experienced in my life that the most joyful thing about being a Christian is being in love with Jesus. Amen. It's the truth. Because he is my
you, Jesus. You're so awesome, Jesus. There's not enough words to describe it. Mm-hmm. And I was passing me and Robert on the bottom. Oh, my God, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew. I mean, Andrew was talking after church and how that, you know, we can do all these things. You know, you hear people, the Bible talks about, there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. We can be, we can heal in Jesus' name. We can see miracles. We can see families put together. We see finances done because we claim the name of Jesus, you know, and being baptized. And, and you know, I know Andrew, I mean, uh, Carl probably brings up a good, good name, sweet nonsense. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we'll do in the name of Jesus. And I heard him. I mean, he had a young girl that the Steve brought a couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday. And I'm telling her, you know, it's, it's, it's Jesus. That's her answer is Jesus. But you know what? something about having acres, acres, acres. I mean, that was true love. I just resided over and over and over. You hear that it used to be fine. But there's this excitement of being, new name, I got a name, you know. Married, I got a name. Linda Michelle Acres, Linda Michelle Acres, 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 I kept writing it over. But that's the same thing with baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. When you're buried, the thing is, when I was my husband, he was with me for all, all my time. So he had to love me for who I was. The Lord, uh-uh. You're buried in that name, you know, and that name is applied to your life. Amen. He's thinking, you know what? All those things, they're gone. Yeah. I know. I don't remember them no more. We remember them. The devil sits there and five steps at them. And they'll come back and come back because the devil sits there and reminds us of it. And we'll pick some of them up, you know. But we're overcomers through the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And put on that blood and baptism. And, again, seeing that J-E-S-U-S. I was thinking of all of that. And then pastors today. So look, I got an idea for this new track. And I'm sitting thinking, wow, the living water. You know, <laughs> what's it all about? Jesus. 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 You know, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I can't get enough of that name. I can't get enough of him. <laughs> and I am so thankful tonight that I know who he is. Yes, amen. But the most, thing, uh, most important thing that I'm so thankful for is that I have a relationship with him. Yes, amen. That I'm in love with him. Amen. There's no love. I love my husband. I'm not in love with him compared to what I love with Jesus. I mean, I'm in love with Jesus to the point that, you know what? It's just, I mean, I love him. And I, I'm in love with what the world would call in love. But being truly in love with Jesus means, you know what? It's daily on me constantly. It's him constantly on my life, in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, he's everything to me. He is everything to me. Amen. I mean, I've done my husband wrong. He's done me wrong.
is so important and that uh, I was saying something before church with Michaela about holiness and once we have that relationship with God and you know we start to think like him we start to be like him we start to want to you know project like with you sister acres you always have that smile and that love you can just see that the love of God like that I don't know how else to put it it's just the love of God through your smile and you know I strive to have that you know I love Jesus with all my heart but to be to to have that smile no matter what when you're sick no matter what how you feel no matter what you're still smiling and you could still see the love of God through your life and I, I'm so thankful for Amen. That was beautiful. Okay, it's pastor's turn. Amen. As the old saying go, the pastor's the dumbest one in the bunch. He reads his out of a book. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's great to be in the awesome house of God tonight. Amen. Would you stand with me and open your Bibles to the book of First John? chapter number two first john chapter number two that is way back there by the book of revelation many times it's a lot easier to say the book of revelations but it's not a book of revelations it's the book of revelation there was only one revelation that john got the revelation so right before the book of revelation you got Jude, and then Third John, and you back up one more, and you come to Second John, and then you come to First John. First John chapter two, verse number fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But... He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 15. A reminder, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Tonight I want to preach over the next few minutes on a subject I've entitled, We Need to Identify the World. We Need to Identify the World. Let's go together in prayer. Dear God, Lord, reach down and speak to each and every one of us tonight, O God. We know, Lord, that thy word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It needs to break down the walls of bondage. It needs to sever, Lord, the ties that bind. Oh, God, take our ears and anoint them to hear and our hearts to receive your word. They may be planted and it may grow thereby. Dear God, we love you tonight and we appreciate you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Truly, it is a very 
difficult tasks to fight an unidentified enemy. Our world tonight is struggling greatly with the disease of cancer because they still not have been able to identify what causes cancer. They do not have cancer identified tonight. All they can do is go in and find the disease once it is destroying and growing and killing mankind. They can identify the results thereof. They look at things that are contributors to people that have cancer and, and see how those that are involved in certain activities have a lot greater percentages of cancer. And, and there's some logical things that we've come up with, and uh, the percentages are so great and so high that we have concluded that uh, uh, the use of tobacco is a great harmful product that does bring cancer into our world at a great or percentages than anything probably that we know of. And, and so there are things that we look at and we say, hey, those are great contributing factors to it. And we look at people in our world today and we can look at them and say that person truly is totally bogged down in the miry clay. They are totally uh, in the bondage of sin. I hope that you have not spent much of your life uh, walking down Reno and Oklahoma City or you go to any large city and you walk by and you see the people that uh, their life is totally at a place where that they have lost everything that we would consider a quality of life item. They're at the end of the road. All they possess, they have on their back. And they have lost the drive. They've lost the ability. They've lost the wherewithal to take care of themselves. And they're at the end of the road. And we can identify here is where sin leads. Here's the conclusion of the matter. When sin is done and the person is left broken and desolate, and without hope. But mankind, in all of his knowledge and wisdom, is still trying to camouflage and to cover up and to conceal the sin that brought man to that place. The, the propaganda machine of the world is cranking out and the messenger of hell, which is Satan himself, is trying to deceive and trying to get man to be convinced that really this is not a part of the world. We're not even talking sin here in 1 John 2.15. He didn't say, he that is a sinner has not the love of the Father. He just says, if any man love the world. I need to be able to identify the world tonight. I need to be able to identify the things that are in the world tonight. And I need to be able to have something within me that will allow me to love God more and not to love the world. With all battles that are fought, the enemy must be identified. 
And that is the reason that even in the Geneva Convention, if a soldier is caught behind enemy lines and he is not in uniform, he is a spy, and a spy can be executed and killed because he is not in uniform. A spy is not an acceptable person of war. It is not acceptable to go behind the enemy's lines or to the enemy and fight against them without identifying yourself as a combatant. So identity is so very important. There are times that we have to even talk about the terrible terminology of friendly fire. That there are those that even though our brother or our sister is plainly and clearly identified, we are in such a state of fear, such a state of intense concentration that we've got to destroy the enemy that we shoot bullets into our own brother or our own sister. when they're not the enemy, they're not the world, they're not what we're fighting, they're not what that we must identify and have a place in our heart that has no love for it. My father was in World War II, and they trained him to be a pointer of the gun and I don't know, maybe it was because they trained the, trained the people that were pointers on the gun in Honolulu, Hawaii. Maybe that's the reason he took the position. I don't know. But they sent him to Honolulu for over a couple of months because he had to be able to identify a Japanese plane at a long distance. And it was too late by the time you could see that rising sun they called it painted on the side of that Japanese plane if you could look at the flag painted on the plane and clearly see what it was before you identified that plane you were in trouble from a long distance you had to be able to look at that plane and by the shape of the wings and the shape of the body and the shape of the tail at any angle those planes didn't just conveniently fly up and turn up like this so you could get a full-body view of them before they flew in to fight you. Hey, man, they would try to snake over that horizon and create just a very low profile so that you couldn't hardly tell that it was a plane and get as close as they could before they began to engage you in combat. So whether you were looking at the back, the front, or the side, or any other combination of angle. You had to be able to identify that plane and say, that's an enemy, engage the enemy. And I want to tell you, today in the world that we live in, the devil is trying to camouflage the world. He's trying to put something on the world. He's trying to dress it up. He's trying to make it so that it is not so worldly, that it doesn't have the taste, the feel, the smell, the look of the world. 
But if it's the world tonight, I've got to be able to identify it. If it's something that's of the world tonight, I've got to be able to identify it. Because there is a danger with the world and all that's associated with the world. Because when I become entangled with the world, when I come and I begin to partake again of the weak and beggarly elements of this world, I am going to be entrapped by sin. I'm going to be brought into the bondage thereof. I'm going to be able to be taken captive at the will of hell. And I must be able to identify it. I don't want to be like the dog that has returned to the world. So the world that is around us comes in many different flavors and many different ways to try to appeal to us I know what the kingdom of God tonight is. Romans 14 and 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Now, Jesus Christ is not telling us we don't eat and drink anymore. That's not what he's telling us. But he's telling us that the world around us is making the God of their belly. Paul talked about it, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame. So I don't want to be consumed with a attitude that life is about self-gratification and thrills and sensations, and our world is looking for the new thrill, the new sensation, the new shock factor. And These stats are probably at this point some 10 to 15 years old. But if you allow your child to have an average daily television viewage of the average child is views television four hours a day. You allow your child to have an average television viewage. You will watch approximately 22 hours of television by the time they become 18 years of age. And they will have witnessed 18,000 murders on the television by the time they are 18 years of age. We take a look. And today, when the children are polled in our society and they are asked who their heroes are, their heroes will always be a sports, professional sports, college sports, or television actor without exception. How in the world then can we look at our children and begin to tell them, I believe you should have Jesus as the King and Lord of your life if they've been raised in an environment where that those that do not have a relationship with God and do not believe in God has been promoted as their hero and as their icons of life. 
I don't know about you, but there's something in my spirit. There's something in my Holy Ghost when it says love not the world that I begin to look at things and I say I need to identify this. Is this promoting the world? Is this something that's promoting the garbage of the world? Is this promoting the lust of the world? Is this promoting the gods of this world? If it's something that is from the world, I want to run the other direction. I live in the greatest country of the world. Thank God I live in the United States of America. And that gives me the opportunity to choose another option. To do something else that is not a part of this world. That is not a part of the gods of this world. I am determined tonight that I will stand and I will be a voice crying out if I have to be like John the Baptist that there is a God in heaven and He is not the God of this world and I don't want the lust of this world. I don't want the things of this world. I don't need their sports icons. I don't need their Hollywood actors. I don't need their gods of this world. I don't need to be involved in their entertainment. I don't need to be involved in their lust and their perverted ways that are there. We live in a world tonight. There's so much perversion around us. Bible prophesied and foretold of it in the last days. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Around us we see all of this that is there. And I must realize, as Psalms tells me, I have a goodly heritage. I have a heritage before me. I have brothers and sisters in Christ that have paid a price for this gospel. And how I recently finished reading the book about Brother Lyle from Mississippi, a man that preached the gospel and lived for God, and he was just an ordinary man. Uh, he, he didn't have any great abilities that he could tell you about. God blessed him with some great things in life. The main thing that I saw within it, he was someone that was faithful. He just kept living for God. He just kept standing for the gospel. And he just kept going forth, even though he would bring into a situation and it seems like he would... He would win that battle and he would win that victory and then he would be put right back into the same situation. He'd have to go back to work again and go back to cleaning that mess up again and go back to fixing that again. But he just kept living for God. That's what we must do. Just keep standing on the Word of God. Keep looking out. Psalm 16 and 11 said, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I don't need the world to have a good time. I don't need the things of the world to find pleasure. I don't need the world in order to be entertained. I don't need the things of the world to be fulfilled. I don't need the things of the world to be successful. What I need is to find the kingdom of God. Because the wages of sin is death, the path will lead there. So within my life, I must begin to look around. I must begin to examine the things that come through. I need a good Holy Ghost filter. Sometimes when we say the word filter, we, we kind of spasm out a little bit. Our brain goes into overload, and what in the world is he talking about? There's a lot of things we filter in life. 
I don't know of anybody that don't filter their coffee. You take your filter and you put it in there and then you put the coffee in there and you run the water through there. I don't know of anybody that wants to drink unfiltered water. Maybe sometimes in your life you find yourself in a place you're so thirsty you're going to drink out of the pond with the cows. But if it's your choice and it's your preference, you're going to want you some nice filtered water. Especially after you have them open up one of those cows and you see what's happened on the inside of them after they got one of those weird diseases. Amen. I've been close enough. There's lots of filters that we have in our life. They realize that even though you can do the best that you can do, you still need a filter on your gas tank. Because if you don't have a filter on your gas tank, you're going to be sitting beside the road talking to yourself before very long because there's going to be something that gets into that gas that ain't going to go through that fuel injector, and you're going to be in trouble. There's filters all over our life. We put them there. To allow the good through and to keep the bad out. And so in our life, we need to have that realization that we need the good things coming in. But we need something that will block the bad, that will keep the bad things out of our life. The things that we don't want. We have a choice. You have a choice. You've been blessed. You have a choice what you consume. You have a choice what you allow to enter into your body. Your eyes are a valuable input tool into your brain. Your ears are a valuable input tool. Here they are. You're receiving things into you, and you have a choice. We protect that which is fragile. Because we, we want it to grow up and become strong and to be productive. I don't know if it does a tremendous amount of good, but I know it's a problem. When I plant my tomato plants out there and those new little plants are there in the ground, there's a terrible enemy known as the cutworm. And he'll come by and he'll just cut the bottom of that tomato plant and that big strong healthy tomato plant will just be fell over and be dead the next day so I take some aluminum foil and I wrap it around the base of that plant right at the bottom you know what I haven't had a cut worm yet bite through that aluminum foil I'm protecting my tender plant I'm not saying, well, if that plant ain't strong enough to withstand that cutworm, then it probably wasn't a good enough plant anyway. No, it's just stupid thinking. Either you've got to kill all the cutworms, or you've got to do something to stop the cutworm from cutting. One way or the other. And in our life, we've got to filter out and we've got to identify things that are a problem let me tell you something the devil is a problem and there's things that he promotes and there's things that he does and there's things that he's involved in 
And there's a lot of things that get blamed on the devil, blamed on the devil rather, that don't belong to the devil. But I've got the name of Jesus. I rebuke the devil when he comes by. Because the devil will come by and talk to you. He will come by and try to influence you. He will try. He'll tell you things. Because his greatest in run is doubt. So a great weapon against the powers of hell is the name of Jesus. Second great weapon is to praise and magnify God. When you praise and worship God, the devil runs. You don't want to be around anywhere where people are magnifying the name of Jesus. That's got what got him kicked out of heaven in the first place is because he didn't want to magnify God. So you've got some tools and you've got some weapons and he's identified. He's an enemy. We know the devil's an enemy. We know the devil is a liar. When is the devil lying? When his mouth is moving. And there's people that are the children of the devil people can be a problem there's some people sometimes we have to filter out of our life because they are not drinking out of the fountain of living water Jesus looked at him and said can sweet water and bitter water come out of the same fountain well that water can look sweet that water can look great that water can look pure, but when I've told you before, when you hear the numbers, that water is 99% pure, you better say, what in the world is the other 1%? There's some things that come by our life. I don't care if it's a text message that somebody sends me. I don't care if it's an email they send me. I don't care if they use snail mail and write it on a card and send it through the post office. I don't care if they post it on Facebook. I don't care if they put it on Twitter. I don't care if they put it on Instagram. I don't care if they put it on something I ain't never heard of before. I don't care if they broadcast it on a billboard on the side of the road. Just because it's 99% good don't mean I am going to repeat it, that I am going to promote it, or I'm going to be a part of it. If it's got poison in it, run from it. If it's got pornography in it, run from it. I don't have a need to send pornography to somebody else in my world. I don't care if they're saying Jesus Christ is the best thing since sliced peaches and it got a pornographic picture in it, I'm not going to send it on. It's a part of the world. I've got to identify it as the world, and I can't love it, and I can't be a part of it. Love not the world. Amen. And there's something else. I've got to be that conscience and know that there's things that try to get a hold of my mind. And there's things that try to get into my spirit. The rebellion of the world. Yes, Satan did not want to pray, praise and worship God. So what did he do? He rebelled against God. He began to be disobedient to God. And that's what he wants everybody to do is to be disobedient. And it's a battle and a struggle that all of us fight because of that old nature of sin. It's a spirit that comes by and says, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I am my own person, and if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to listen to nobody. And as long as 
The preacher said, man, you just do whatever you feel. Do what is right in your own eyes. Just look in the book and you figure out what's wrong and you figure out what's right. Woo, amen, that preacher's got the thing. But when the preacher comes down the road and suddenly he's saying, hey, it feels good to me and the Holy Ghost that this is something that looks like the world, then we're saying, oh, my goodness. Woo, preacher's preaching against my chocolate. I like chocolate. Just that chocolate don't taste very good unless you put sugar in it. Amen. But I like chocolate. But there are some people that have things in their life that they've decided that. suddenly the parents made this 
I'll get to that maybe here in a little bit. There's something else that's on my heart tonight I, I want to work on for just a moment. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You see, in the book of Job, chapter 31, verse number 1, Job said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Our world today is full of immorality, full of lust. We live in a world that has made the determination that sex sells. They market everything with the idea that if you engage in this product, that you are going to get you a beautiful uh, model-like girlfriend or you're going to get you this strong, handsome dude. Everything from bubble gum to toothpaste to clothes, you name it. They try to use the lust of the flesh to market the product. And as a result of it, today our world has an image that they are trying to project that this is the image of beauty. This is the image of what it is to be the perfect person and like lemmings the world is trying to be a cookie cutter for this and like so many other things the world can't even live up to their own image the image that they try to project it, it doesn't work they, 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 they can't have it it's unobtainable for most of them and so then, as a result of that image being unattainable, you have these people that are doing all of these based and perverted things to try to get people's attention. And it's summertime, and we're going to see the devils come out and play on people because when people are influenced by the devil, they take their clothes off. Hey Amen. I'm convinced of it. It's a spirit that comes by. Well, I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of the child of God. Hey, man, Brother Johnson, you change the battery out in that one for me. And so, Zolta, I want to realize what this enemy is. I want to realize the battle that I'm fighting, that the world is out there, and they're trying to influence us in the wrong way. They're trying to promote the things that are not right. your clothes so that you have to go out and buy new clothes. But the problem with uh, this Shrinko conspiracy that they have is that they they wash all the clothes. 
size has shrunk. So you have to go to a bigger size. Oh. No, life happens. Uh, things happen. Uh, and so clothes wear out. You go out to buy clothes. And people come into the house of God. They begin to live for God. And they realize that they bought into the world's power. And you look in their closet and you see all this stuff in there that's got the ungodly influence on it that mankind, you know, it's almost like less is more. If you're going to be popular, you get less clothes for more money. 
talks about a battle that we then must fight. This goes into the Trinity Fire Department. Yes, I'm against sin. Yes, I'm fighting sin. But I'm not fighting sin. I love people. It may be involved in a lot of terrible things. James chapter 3 and verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Let's go on and get some descriptions of great things here. These is done with us, when God is done with completing us, we are going to be someone that does not offend others and is a burden to them. You may say, Pastor, how in the world can I speak truth and not offend people? It can be said. I can add the word in the proper sense. Verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that we may that they may obey us and return about their whole body. 
get some food in there. chapter 2 starts out. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. It wasn't important for that to be there because they couldn't hear it. Well, Lord, he wants us to know if we're going to have a move of the Spirit, we're going to have to be in one accord, we're going to have to be in one place. Be choked 
which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small wind, wheresoever the governor will. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature.
been able to say, Lord, I'm here. God has blessed you, and I'm going to praise you because in your life that causes a change around you that I've never done so before. And I'm going to be thankful and praise God and work hard and receive the support you need to accomplish your mission. Whether you get honor or blessing, about reverence. See, reverence, boy, I had a good time with that. I'm going to go out and I'm just going to live it up. And he concludes that and says, and sonship. You'll need your pastor so that one can you all may say, you know what? He's our sonship. I think that's getting mighty close to a reference. I think that's getting mighty close to a heresy. I think that's getting mighty close to a signal. says, of which I tell you before and I told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And if we've been offended by that, and if we've been offended by that, I want to pray for you. Preacher,
be a backslider, and I want to be a church that loves people. I want to be the one that's out in front promoting getting closer to God, getting farther from the world. I want to be the one that's promoting we can pray more. We can read our Bible more. We can go to church more. We can give more to God. We can live for God there. We can have more of God. We can have more of the Spirit. I want to be a front runner when it comes to God. I want to be as far away from the backslides as I can get. I want us to be on the other side of the universe. Oh, let me be a front runner for Jesus. Let me be the one that wants to be like Obed Odom when they call for somebody that says, can we have a place to take the Ark of the Covenant? Obed Odom's in my house. Bring the Ark to my house. I want the presence of God in my house. I know it's the presence of God that is particular. I know it's the presence of God that is powerful. I know it's the presence of God that kills sin. But bring it to my house. Oh, when they needed somebody to blow the trumpet in the house of God, Obed Odom was the front runner. He says, I will blow the trumpet in the house of God. Oh, my, whatever they needed, when they needed a greeter, when they needed a doorkeeper in the house of God, Obed Odom had his hand up. Well, you didn't, you didn't sign up to be a trumpeter. What in the world are you doing signing up for a doorkeeper? Oh, that trumpet business will take forever. Oh, I want to be a doorkeeper. Let me be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Whatever it was, Obed Odom, he said, I want to be a front runner. Amen. May there be a Holy Ghost go boldness that gets within us. May there be something within us that says if it's good, I want to be a part of it. If it'll be a blessing from God, I want to be a part of it. Oh, I know it'll take some extra time. I know it'll take some extra resources. I know I'll have to deny my flesh. I know, but I want to be a front runner. Because as long as I'm a front runner, because as long as I'm out, as long as I'm the one that's striving, as long as I'm the one that's getting closer to God, I'm never going to have to worry about being a backslider. Amen. I'll never see a front runner sliding in the back. I'll see a front runner getting closer to God. I'll see a front runner with victory. I'll see a front runner taking ground. I'll see a front runner being a witnesser. I'll see a front runner crossing over the finish line. Hallelujah. Let's just reach out to God. These altars are open. Amen. Can we come and begin to reach out to God saying, Lord, let me be a front runner tonight. Let me be one that has a desire to identify the world. Oh, God, let me have that desire in my heart to love not the world, neither the things of the world. Oh, God, but somewhere within me, God, that desire. Jesus, that desire, oh, God, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm ready, oh, God. Hallelujah. We're in a warfare. Instructions to try to block our way. The Lord's name is a strong tower, the righteous can.